Get us going. Is my sweater appropriate? You're fine. I was like, was I supposed to dress sexy? Wait a minute. Hold on, baby. You're so silly. <laughs> so silly. Yes. How was your son show? Girl. I was like, wait a minute. It was good. It was great. The Young Kings Queens Project is doing phenomenal work in the community. And I'm really glad that he had the opportunity to explore that and have fun with the rest of the children that participated and showing their talent. So it was really great. That's good. Why did I push record already? That is not what I was trying to do. It's okay. It's whatever. Girl, I was like, I was I was like, was I supposed to wear something sexy on record? <laughs> you so silly. It's, it's cold outside though, child. It's cold here. Let me tell you about Vegas. It Ain't is nobody crazy. got time for being cold. Look, and you know, I, I dress like it's summer. Huh? What'd you say? Tanika? I mean, I said, let me see what the... Uh, Yes. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. I'd be uh, sharing, like, I mean, I'd be dressing, like, in the uh, summer wherever I go. No, honey. This is not the season for <laughs> summer everywhere you go. This is the season for you need to have a scarf and a jacket, if not a coat. Do you hear me? Yeah. Uh, I got a hoodie. Yeah. But I do need a scarf because my glands be super sensitive. She said I got a hoodie. <laughs> but you know what I, I you know what I do? Like one of my best friends legit. Mm -hmm. I was gonna do a post that asked people like uh what's something that they need that is like crucial to like their wellness plan in their like house. And mine is peroxide. Like I because my glands are so sensitive, if I even get a twinge of anything, I start gargling with peroxide. And then, best thing ever, mm -hmm. I do peroxide douches. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Okay, what did I say our, to our oh, topic wow. is, Tanika? I'm gonna get you strutting and confident. <laughs> um, what did I say? Strutting, strutting your stuff. Strut Celebrate diversity. Went, went right. Strutting your stuff. Read women, uh, women of weight find success, strength, and size. Um, and then he was like, uh, uh, strutting your stuff in confidence and sisterhood. Mm -hmm. Well, I did that because that's the work that you do, you do fashion, self, so. right? Yes. I get it, I get it, and I'm so excited. I just recent photo shoot um I only posted like a headshot of and Tracy um and Ignacio but I'm so excited I talked to him today and um he's gonna be he's working on editing the photos and I'm just really excited about what 2020 has in store I agree I'm gonna tell you one of my favorite when we start officially I'm gonna tell you one of my favorite things about 2020 Favorite moments of 2020. Mm. Yeah, one of my favorites. All right, we are live on Facebook. We are recording. Hey, y'all, it is Kyrishi Wigginton. Hey. We are back with another dope ass episode of Too Much Woman for This World because we are 
um, fine, fabulous, fat, funny, fierce, just fabulous, yes. all the things, all the Fs, all the Fs. <laughs> um, and we have one of my friends. This is a, a sister I love. Um, she does all the things. Tell them who you are and what you do. My name is Tanika Blue, but affectionately known as She Be Lady Blue. I am an event commentator. I am a nail technician by trade. I am a mentor and I facilitate um, various types of groups, healing circles, sisterhood circles, and um, really just enjoy being within community and creating, you know, awesome relationships and network. Let me tell y'all, uh, Tanika, during this uh, pandemic when the shops weren't open, Tanika had my feet looking right. I had been a minute before I had a pedicure. I was like, hurt. And since the girl came to the house, she does house calls. Right. She came and took care of me, took care of my pizzas. Um, right. So I'm so excited. One of the things I really wanted to do with this podcast is show, like, I feel like I'm in an awesome community with big women, but that are not like the picture of what big women are, right? And so I feel like one of the things that people highlight about me is that I don't fit the stereotype, right? But I feel like I'm not unique. I mean, like how I show up might be unique, but I feel like in stepping in my truth and my power and feeling sexy and confident and like owning my voice, I don't feel like I'm unique. I feel like I know a lot of big, big women, especially big black women who are mm -hmm. using their voice, who are in their power, who love their bodies, who are not being apologetic and, and are yeah. taking up space. Um, and I just wanted to, to extend yeah. my platform to like highlight those women and the things mm -hmm. that they're doing. And so you're definitely one of them. And I'm, and I'm really honored and very, very well. Thank you, Kairishi, because on a number of occasions, you like blue, let's do a show together. And I'm like, oh, Kairishi, I'm holding, I'm holding. And um, you have never given up on me. So I just want to say thank you for inviting me to be a part of Too Much Woman for This World and the topic specifically about shredding your stuff in confidence and sisterhood, because those are very much places in my life where I do spend a lot of time and I do focus on. So um, I didn't realize, you know, how much people looked to me to exude a certain degree of energy. Mm -hmm. And when a sister by the name of Dream Nefra came into my life, she opened that up. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the interview. All right. No, definitely. So like when I think about... Um, when I think about the fashion um, community in the Bay Area specifically, like you definitely are in my head as like holding down for plus size fashion, like um, definitely events and all of that. But like really when I think about like plus size fashion um, and you know, you, you remind me of Corinthia. We, I had her on last week um, and that uh, you all are kind of like wearable art, like like how you show up in the world is artistic, right? Mm. So I'm always like, what is Tanika's hair gonna look like? What is mm -hmm. her fit gonna be like? And I'm not even a fashion person, but I know it's gonna be some like right. amazing expression of whatever you're feeling inside. Girl, and you know, truthfully, I, I was talking about this a little while ago and talking about going through the different um, changes with my hair mm -hmm. and I, I'm known to wear very loud hair, mm -hmm. to, to just truly be free in my freedom of expression. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like 
in the my, my early my, my early 20s late teens I went into corporate America and in corporate America it was like you had to have this polished look that didn't all the way um present truly feel about yourself once I left corporate America in 2005, I was like, baby, I am doing my hair how I want to. And then that's when I began my lock journey. And I had my first set of locks. And um, I wore locks almost 10 years before I let them go. And once I let them go, I loved rocking short hair. Um, I remember when my stylist, when I was crying to my stylist, like, I gotta cut my locks off. And she was like, you're beautiful in any way, in any mm -hmm. form you show up. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, thank you. I, it, it, I don't even think that it was much about me being attached so much to what I looked like, mm -hmm. but I was attached to having my hair, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, have always been empowered and encouraged by my family and community, which has helped me embrace myself in more ways than a few. You know, it's interesting that we're, we're talking yes, about yes. Um, because, you know, a few things. One, I tell people, I think all women, all women, I don't care who they are, at least one time in their life, should do a major chop and cut all their hair off. And I say that because, you know, mm -hmm. start to realize how much social... Um, uh, equity is assigned to you, how much social capital you get from having hair and a certain kind of hair, right? Like hair right. Um, is, is, especially for black women, that, that, like, that is a, a source of beauty, right? And there's something about when right. you have a major chop and you have to see yourself, like you actually have to see what your actual face looks like and you have to own your beauty in a way because the other thing that hair does especially the longer it gets or the bigger it is is that you can hide right mm -hmm. and when your hair is off like you we see you um mm -hmm. and then you know it's, i also think it's really important with locks because that's energy like that's 10 years of energy like whatever you was dealing with in them 10 years all mm -hmm. that deal with you right like, right you afraid to and, chop that off um Yo, and I once like she uh, specifically shouts out to Lori Hedge Trips and the entire team over there. Like, you know, this conversation is about sisterhood and that's been a part of the journey for me where my sisters, I haven't had a lot of people in my crown. Mm -hmm. And when I did have locks, Lori at from Head Trips, my dear sister Lori, she, you know, she kept me in tech and you know, she kept me tight. Let me be clear. Mm -hmm. Because whenever I had a show, she was who was making sure that my crown was on. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, when she said to me, it's not, it's not about your hair. And I was like, you're right. And then when I chopped it off, it was the most freeing, yep. liberating. I didn't have to do much. Mm -hmm. I just, it was like, get up and go. Um, I have had a situations where I'm like in recent cut my hair off I don't want to do hair um and my son was like mama don't cut your locks off and I was like okay son so you know he's even attached to me basically growing my lock back already and I'm like okay um but you know I get up one morning and be like I just want to cut it all off and I remember when I was younger and my mother did that and I was a baby and she said that she was telling me the story about how she got into bed with me. She had cut her hair off and I went to reach for her head and I was touching her and I was saying, mama, mama, 
Like, <laughs> like I'm like, I'm you, what you the one, this, who, mm-hmm. who in the bed with me? You know, and um, mm-hmm. that was my first experiences of women chopping their hair off. And then my dad had long hair for a very long time too. And then he went completely bald. And I was like, wait, hold on. You know, so I feel like I, I had my first real haircut when I was 13 and it felt good, you know, to, to see myself in a completely different light and, you know, just be confident in the fact that however my hair is, I'm still Tamika. I got, I am not my hair as India said. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that it's important for you to learn your beauty for yourself and, and own whether you want to have hair or not for you and what styles and all of that, because I think people put a lot of junk, even like you, you, maybe you can attest to this, but like, you know, I, I'll cut my hair. I have absolutely no problem. I'll be like, I don't feel like combing it. Once it gets to the point where I'm like, mm, I don't want to comb this and then start trying. Because the other thing is once you lock your hair, your hair is like, oh, we're doing that thing again. So go a couple of weeks without combing it. Your hair is like, oh, we're, we're going back there. When initially it was so hard to learn to lock, right? But like once it's, once it's done it before, now your hair is like, oh, I, I could do this, no cake. Um, but when I cut my hair off, I attract a completely different guy. Like at every stage, right. every stage of hair that I have, I attract different kind of men. And I want everyone mm-hmm. attached to me having hair or not having hair. Cause yes, who knows what mood I'm about to be in. Or not have period. Yep. Usually I don't want to Baby, because I might look like this today and I might have a wig on tomorrow. I might have a wig on tomorrow. Uh, I might have my scarf on or my, my hair wrap on tomorrow. Yep. So just please do not be to seeing me in one fashion because it really depends on what, you know, what's going on in my life. And I think that's the gift of Black women. Like, I think that that's the power and the beauty of us as Black women is that we really can do our hair any kind of way we want. And it don't matter. Like, Teach, we can, sister. We can rock all that shit and let's fly. Um, Baby, so how- afro, pigtails, it even when we grown. Okay, period. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Um... And I remember, I, so I grew, I have one crop of locks so far. I heard that uh, uh, every person does about three in their lifetime. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Right. If I got another crop, I would have to have a loctician because I ain't trying to, <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to take care of no hair. But um, I, I, it was like Spirit said, start your locks. And I was like, okay. And it just happened. And I needed them for about four years. And then Spirit was like, I really had them around my Saturn return. Like I felt like my locks mm-hmm. helped me ground me in the lessons that I needed during my Saturn. Um, mm-hmm. And then one day spirit was like, cut your hair. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I did. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. They didn't feel like they were mine. You know what I mean? Like, right. In, in that way, it felt like it was very much for spirit or whatever. And for whatever lessons I needed. Oh, excuse me. Y'all got to forgive me. I am tired. Um, but so... Uh, I remember when I cut them and they were like off my back, but it was the most free. You're right. When you said free, but I just remember my neck feeling so good because the locks are heavy. And I had traditional locks. Girl. Like they, they're heavy. Girl. And I got thick hair. Mm-hmm. I'm growing them back. Girl, they are, you know, I have a thick head of hair and I, I, I don't have hair on either one of my sides. So I definitely wore a lighter hair this time around. Um, 
and it's a process. And, you know, I've been wearing protective styles while I've been growing my hair back. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I've done the interlocks um, and I've had different styles of interlock braids, you know, and, um, you know, I feel like however you're wearing your hair, your crown deserves attention. Mm-hmm. So washing, conditioning, oiling, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just really stimulating those hair goals because this is where all the action happens. Your brain is, you know, up there. So you definitely want to tend to your hair in a way where you really have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And you said something that was really important. And I hate to get girl because I was, I was giving up in love. You was what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, what did you say? I was saying before the show, I was in, I was before the show, I was in my hair, just, you know, tending to it and Mm -hmm. putting some oil on it and loving it up. You know, you don't want to be on camera looking dry. You feel me? I know. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you said something that was really important. And that's about like not having too many people in your crown. And I think people also Mm -hmm. need to understand that. Like everybody can't just do your hair. Like I feel like hair, body art, um, things like that. I take recommendations from people I trust from people Mm -hmm. for people who they trust. Um, Absolutely. Because I just can't have like the same thing. Like if I'm getting a reading, everybody can't just give me a reading, right? Like I need to trust the energy that I'm about to have um, in and around me. Uh, but riddle me this: I'm about to sneeze. Oh, God uh, bless you before it comes. <laughs> excuse me. Um, this housewife is cold. Thank you. But uh, mm-hmm. so um, plus size fashion, like so as a big girl. How did you get into fashion and what was that like? So this takes me back to what I was opening up in conversation about is a sister named Dream Nefra back in Club Six Days for those that were around for the Club Six Days. You know, Give Thanks Thursdays was our hangout. That was like our church. You understand me? Thursday Mm -hmm. nights, it was going to be popping on 6th Street at Club Six. Where's that in San Francisco? In San Francisco, yes, in the heart of San Francisco, right downtown on 6th Street. And a sister by the name of Dream Nefra, she is a crochet master. Mm-hmm. And she would bend at the club, you know, very frequently and ended up having a show called The Perfect Ten Show. The Perfect Ten Show was a tribute to her father and her 10 years of like being in business for herself and you know, it was a big production that she was putting together. And she stopped me one night before, you know, putting on the production and was saying and said to me, Blue, I would love for you to model in my show. Mind you, I'm taken back. This is in my early 20s. And I'm like, I am not what the standard of a Uh model is, Uh right? And she was like, oh, no, you're more than what the standard of a model is. With all that ass. Especially for our community. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. So I did that show. Girl, I was like, okay. So I did that show with her. And then from one show, it led to another show. And then it led to collaborating with my late business partner, Charles O'Shea, Chuck. Um, And we collaborated and started a entertainment and modeling company. And from there, you know, it was just like either I was being booked as a model, a model trainer, 
or someone to basically help with production in terms of like makeup and coordinating and um, coordinating themes and concepts and things of that nature. Um, I remember even as much as going to participate in the Bars Awards, which was a big award show that they had here in the Bay Area to participate, to be a model. And girl, the next time they called me back, they were like, we want you to help us coordinate the production. We want your mm -hmm. you know, entertainment company to help us coordinate the production. And we love how you work. And I was like, wow, you know? So it was always truly about showing up and being in the right place at the right time and then mm -hmm. knowing people, right? So that's how my modeling career started. It also like, you know, I love that. I love that story. And I love, uh, thank you for sharing it. But the, one of the things that stands out to me is the necessity. So it's not even just like, I don't know, like, I know I'm dope. I know I'm fresh. I know I'm fine. I know I'm all those things. Right. Um, and a lot right. of times what can happen is that people get intimidated by it, especially because uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I have this poem called they hate me. And I say, um, I say, see, she really want to be me thinking that I should want to be them. Don't know how this fat girl made Envy her number one friend, right? Because there's a whole track of people who think that they should because of what the lies they've been sold, that they're the ones who should have the confidence. They're the ones who should have the energy. They're the ones who should have the personality, not me, not this fat girl, right? And, and right. That, then they end up hating. And, um, but we need people like how the, to me, what's powerful in your story is that dream wasn't intimidated. What she did was she said, light recognizes light. I see you. Let me highlight that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is, and absolutely. that to me, absolutely. that is sisterhood. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and we, we, every time I see her, you know, I make sure that she knows that I am very grateful for her approaching me I may not know you all, you know, had, I mean, you yourself and Corinthia, had I not stepped into that opportunity when it was presenting itself. And, you know, whenever I see her, I thank her and I tell her, you know, how, how, of how much of an impact that made in my life and in, in my career as a full, a full figure model, you know, um, a cultural influencer, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because full figure modeling wasn't a popular mainstream thing. It wasn't, you know, when I jumped off the porch in the early two thousands. Yeah, so, not like today. Not yeah. it was nowhere. And I definitely appreciate it. Right, and I didn't see billboards, and there were not as many bloggers and as many designers really putting themselves out there in a way where full figure women knew outside of Ashley Stewart and Lame um, Ann Taylor, you know, Lane, right, you know, and um, exactly Lane Bryant, um, Monique C, um. Right, exactly. You know, those those larger corporations that at the end of the day, some of them aren't even around anymore. Mm -hmm. I like tour. That's my but show. there are a lot of but there are a lot of now couture boutiques mm -hmm. and lines and magazines that truly subscribe to empowering women that are walking and stepping in their own right and not looking to fit a societal norm that really isn't a societal norm yeah yep yeah i was mm -hmm. i had somebody on the other day maybe it was corinthia i think um and uh we were talking about like you know how 
really this whole thing about body image in this country shifted in the 70s with that uh with when with twiggy when twiggy stepped on the scene mm-hmm. like before you know the average right. woman in the u.s like a 12 14 um and when you think back to like marilyn monroe and all those no. old folks like they were they were they were full-figured women like that was the body that was celebrated right but when twiggy came the on she- they made her that a photographer um made her famous and then the idea of like looking like a little boy, a little non-developed boy um, became mm-hmm. hot, right? So uh, tall, slender women with no titties, no ass, no curves, no nothing. <laughs> Look like Girl, they buying booties and behinds these days like it's running water. So yes, they definitely. So what are some of the challenges you've had um, <laughs> on, your, on your plus size, uh, your full figure modeling journey? Some of the obstacles that I've had, um, I didn't have a lot of obstacles because I really wasn't looking to fit into anyone else's lane. Like I really was in my own lane and um, anytime yeah, anytime an opportunity presented itself, it was truly an opportunity for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was out in the industry, mm-hmm. like so much looking to be a part of someone's, you know, venture. A lot of times my sisters, Yogi, um, Yolanda, uh, Big Old Pretty Girls and Reese's Pieces and um, uh, uh, Sebastian Threads and you know, the Isha Couture's and the, on the runways, like, um, what was the other one that was down on uh, 14th? Um, was it 14th or 17th? I want to say 17th. Um, a Diva's Closet, you know, I came, I was, I was around when those circuits and some of those circuits are still, you know, operating and doing great business today. Mm-hmm. And really making sure that they tailor their merchandise Um, for their clientele and I wasn't the I didn't I don't feel like I out to be a part of the industry in a way to where I felt like I there were obstacles that I had to overcome because it was really about setting a a new standard I heard that you know it's interesting too like um I I'm curious if it if it's like this with fashion I remember um, when I was in my 20s, I took a life, I did a life drawing class. Um, I used to work at this arts camp and they okay. offer life drawing classes and I modeled for them because I, you know, I'm, I'm a nudist. Like, well, I'm not really a nudist, but I love me. I, I'm, I'm an exhibitionist. Yeah. I love being watched. You want to watch me? There we go. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember posing for this life I'm drawing class. Huh? Sit and let you go. Yeah. Baby. I said, confidently, yes. I will let you and, and, and experience all of the glory. All of the glory. Come sit at the, at the bosom so of keep it, uh, All of the glory. But uh, I remember taking, when the first time I modeled, and they, the, 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 the artists were like eating it up. And they were like, oh my goodness, like mm-hmm. your body is interesting. There's curves. There's things for us to do. And they have been doing the same kind of, and they were like, I mean, those are cool, but they were like, your body is rich. And like the way that they describe my body and like, they like, so it's interesting. I feel like a lot of times 
uh, we're sold that like they like this is not what people want, but secretly, as in you know the dudes be stay in the them inboxes and DMs, um, <laughs> but there's a like there's a secret culture of like really wanting um, the comfort, the creativity, the um, fullness, and just the d- diversity of the big body, even though popular the popular mm-hmm. narrative is opposite that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and. I have dated men all sizes and the majority of the time they are really in love with the fullness of us, right? And when I say the fullness, I'm not just talking about the fullness of my body, but the fullness of my person, the person that I am. And, you know, I am more than just this body, you know, um, growing up, I do remember I was sharing this conversation with some peers of mine and we were talking about, I was like, I, after 10 and 11, I could not fit children's clothes anymore, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I, I've been, as far as I can remember back, like I wasn't small. I mean, I've never been a small woman. I've always been, you know, a voluptuous girl. And then as I became a young lady and I, you know, it started shifting, the weight started shifting and then going more to the hips and the bottom. And, you, you know, I've always ass. been a part of little titty. Listen, but I, and I've always been a part of little titty committee, but, you know, um, embracing myself mm-hmm. right embracing myself and that was something that in my family you know on my mother's side the women are more petite and smaller frame and then on my father's side the women are more voluptuous and you know very very busty you know so I'm like right in between on both sides but I like my mother was like a size six after she had me I'm like, I ain't never been a size six. I think I might've been a six when I was six years old. Mm -hmm. But, you know, coming up in a time where I had to embrace very early that I was not like my peers when it came to my body type and my size. And then the clothes that I had, you know, to the option to wear Mm -hmm. because I had to wear women's clothes, you Mm -hmm. know, by middle school, I was in women's clothes. I wasn't wearing little girls clothes. So I had to find this style you know, and coming from like right directly from middle school, all those years, just like, you know, exploring who I was. And, you know, I mean, I come from the crisscross, we we was wearing, you know, our clothes backwards and it wasn't about being girly. And then when Aaliyah stepped on the scene, it had a little twist to it where there was a little edge. Yeah, exactly, you know. it was a little edge and then by the time I got to high school girl it just turned all the way up and I was like okay and got my hair cut and you know had some different experiences in how I chose to explore what does what is my style mm-hmm. you know and I, I'm not one to like shop within the trend I like do the exact opposite mm-hmm. And even if you got something trendy, how you mix it together is not going to be that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's not going to look like what everybody else is wearing. Absolutely. No, you know, it's, it's so interesting. I had, um, so like you, I, like in my memory, I went from like a six, sex, like a kid, six X to like an adult six to like a 
or maybe a, a, a six X to like a, a kids 12, 14 to like mm-hmm. a 12, 14. And then it just period. Right. Um, and so I don't really remember being in like little kid clothes long. And, and in my mm-hmm. childhood, one of my like harshest memories around clothing was that because I have these arms, right? Like the women in my father's side of the family, they got these arms and the dresses would always be too tight. So even now, if you see me with something, I either have nothing or it's loose like this. I I cannot stand things tight on my arms because- Stuff hugging them arms, girl. They would literally have to cut them, Tanika. Yep, it would be. My teacher, my mom always had to cut my dresses um, because- Circulation. Mm-hmm. And that's a worse feeling. Ooh, your arms going numb. But I was telling Corinthia, I was in Texas. I had the most bananas experience. So, you know, when you go, so I'm from California. When you go to a store, you're looking for the full figured section, right? It's like woman's world. It's plus size. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere in the cuts. It's not out in the, open. you know what I mean? Like, so in July. Out in the open. No, Right. Unless you're at a plus size store, your section is not going to be highlighted, right? And so I- no, They're it, like, it's over there in the back. It's mm-hmm. like the water when you go to the liquor store. Mm-hmm. Why is the water in the back of the liquor store? Mm-hmm. The candy, everything in the front. Well, why can't the full figure clothes be on display with a sign that say plus, you know, plus size, nope. you know what I mean? Nope, that was too much like, right. So I go into Tart, I mean, to Walmart, right? And mm-hmm. I, I'm going to where I think that the, you know, Walmarts pretty much have the same layout. So I'm going to where I think the full figure clothes are and I go um, and I can't find them. And I'm like, like looking at everyone, I'm like, what? Like, they, they gotta have big clothes. Like, what's up? I go to the front, Tanika, mm-hmm. in the front, dead center, where the plus size clothes. Mm-hmm. Like in the very front, like you're I, like, I could be in line and shop at the same time that they're right there. I said, somebody done told I said, damn, everything is bigger in Texas. Like that was like a bug Period. out moment for me that it was appreciated in that way. Absolutely. It wasn't side. It was because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a norm in Texas for women to be. Mm-hmm. not that um and when i say healthier i'm talking about more voluptuous right um and they have accepted they have explored their market enough to identify the mm-hmm. fact that there are more voluptuous women shopping and we need to put the clothes where they can see them uh-huh. and find them and uh-huh. i feel like that's amazing you know because Growing up, that wasn't something that was popular for us. We had to search and search and search. And then it was like extra large was the largest size. It wasn't no 2X, 3X, 4X options, you know, so that all women... Right. That's, I mean, the world has evolved so much, you know, from the time that we were young girls. And I'm just very grateful today that women have paved the way and made it very clear, like you're not gonna overlook us and you're going to design clothes and merchandise that make us feel good about ourselves or we'll be making it ourselves. 
Facts. You know, I I tell people, I was not like when you, I do a lot of body positive poems and things or like even too much woman for this world was born out of this workshop that I started doing when I was 25, like in 2000, 2000, 2001, mm. 2002, mm. Um, doing this workshop around sizeism and talking about it, right? People weren't doing that then. Like mm -hmm. the, the body positive poems that I have from that era, people were not doing it then. And now you get online and there's just so much challenging that period like it is so phenomenal i i really enjoy opening up my instagram thread and seeing women just being excited to share their stories their narratives their lifestyles their love their appreciation for mm -hmm. themselves you know not looking to fit into this cookie cutter idea of what we're supposed to look like versus what we really look like yeah no definitely so riddle me this what is the story of your body the story of my body everybody does that face <laughs> it's you know the story of my body is at a young age i was taught to appreciate my body you know, um, a lot of the women around me made it very clear, you only get one body. Mm. And if you don't love yourself, mm. no one will love you. Mm. Um, you have to teach people how to love you. Mm. Um, you know, I also grew up where um, the, the, the elderly women in my life were very, very adamant about making it clear like you are not like your peers mm -hmm. and because you're not like your peers you must walk with dignity in the body that you're in mm -hmm. and I mean I was a cheerleader mm -hmm. um the story of my body was I was a cheerleader I was one of the um captains of the cheerleading squad at Westboro Middle School in South San Francisco California and I was out there doing the splits, jumping, holding other girls on my shoulders. You know, I was, I've always been a dancer. So, um, you know, a test, uh, definitely giving, paying homage to my mother because my mother never made me feel like I wasn't enough because of what you know, my, what my peers looked like. She was like, no, you're just as important as everybody else. Mm -hmm. And when we went through the process of selecting uniforms, everyone having a voice in what our uniforms looked like so that all felt good about the uniform that we wore. And if your skirt had to be a little bit longer to make sure that you had more coverage, because at the at the end of the day, my skirt lifted in the back a lot yeah, more than my still do. You know what I mean? They, they, baby, period. It's a little tilt to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we have to we had to make sure that tailoring, you know was suitable to make me feel confident and then also so that we as a team looked uniform. Um, so through middle school, I was a, a, a cheerleader and a dancer and into high school, I was a cheerleader and a dancer, you know? So um, I've always truly been in a space where I've, I was able to love on my body and not like have to shun myself because 
you would make somebody else feel good. So the story of my body is I've learned over the years to truly love myself and know that I was uniquely made. And, you know, there are women with shapes like mine and I am a um, influencer in terms of walking confidently in my skin. Mm-hmm. And the energy, I think that's- When you say awesome. strutting confidently in your skin. When I think about a specific- You said the energy. You, me, Corinthia, women like that, like one of the things that stands out is not just the size of our body, but the energy that we carry in our body, right? Like, like I think Absolutely. about all having like, like fireballs, like it's energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. it's personality that goes it's personality that you know is is matched with the fact that we have these beautiful divine african afro-indigenous queen you know um statures um i remember learning when i was in high school i wrote a play called the great african kings and queens and i was on this research journey and I learned, I remember watching fat girls when I was younger and, you know, women like, you know, uh, tell me her name. Monique. Monique, yes, exactly. Monique really um, making it clear, like, don't shrink yourself because that is not, that's gonna get, that's gonna be a disservice to you. You know, Mm -hmm. so if you have a very vibrant, you know, personality, that's only going to draw people in and not drawing people in just because you want to be connected to people. But there are other women that may not have had the experience and the story Mm -hmm. that you have that you help see the beauty in themselves beyond just what they look like. Mm -hmm. So. Um, and I even remember Baps, boo. Hello, somebody. Boo, yeah. <laughs> right? And just having those. You know, Right? Having those influential women, you know, um, play a part in the, 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 how the media promotes us as women of color and um, the narratives that we actually get to share and tell ourselves. No, definitely. You know, it's interesting. Um, this, 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 the 2020, for all of the shit that it has brought, it's also had like some really powerful gems, right? And I don't yes. know if people are really appreciating this moment because some shit is happening mm-hmm. today that just ain't happened before, right? And, you know, to, to your point about like the, looking at these characters, like growing up, I, I always was uh, like a tomboy. My cousin is like, you are not a tomboy. Whatever, that, that, that was the identity people put on me. That's what I felt like. Um, but what I knew even more than that label was that I was a non-traditional girl, right? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't doing all the girl. Even now today, a lot of times I'll be with women and I'm like, mm, I was absent the day they taught that at girl's school. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know I, I like the kind of clothes i like but like i don't like any in the fashion i'm not into jewelry i'm not into you know what i mean like handbags and shit um i want a backpack anyways 
but uh, girl, and I want all the handbags and all the jewelry. Okay, see? listen. And then girls can see together, <laughs> and they have these conversations, and, and and they all understand what they're saying. And I'm like, <laughs> so being that I was non-traditional, right? I was big. I was different. I was a different kind of girl. I attached to all the characters that were like um, things, books like uh, Ramona and Beezus, uh, Amelia Bedelia, because she was weird and awkward, right? And she wasn't, she wasn't mm-hmm. traditional. Mm-hmm. Or they were like characters like Francis, like a bear, right. something like that, right? Um, Pippi Longstockings was one of my biggest, biggest idols because she was strong. Girlfriend. Listen, that was my boo. Pippi. Pippi Longstocking is coming. Hey, listen, don't go there. Listen, Pippi. <laughs> she was strong. She was fierce. She was, wasn't was scared. Um, She was non-traditional. Like, she wasn't mm-hmm. on She had this big heart. Like, I, I fucked with Pippi. She so was unapologetically her. She was. She was. And that was a model, right? But even then, she, she was still like this white girl. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but like this this year they like one of the one of the I, i'm a huge sports fan right and so this year um already they had like a historic football game where there were two female professional football coaches in the nfl and a female referee on the field all what? at the same time right right i think it's the marlins that just hired like the first female gm for, for Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Pelicans just hired a female coach for this for this in, NBA basketball team, right? Um, and we're not mm-hmm. even gonna talk about like the other day they had a, on Monday night, they had a historic um, football game where all the referees were, they were all the black referees in the league did, did the game. They were the wow. only on the, on the field, right? But really about the women like taking note to, cause I played baseball growing up and I remember like baseball was my love. And I remember the moment I realized that girls didn't play professional baseball. And because of it, then my relationship to it shifted. shifted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But to see these women, like what would it have been like if I would have known that even if I couldn't be a player, that I could have been a coach or that I could have had a role in baseball. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it's an exciting time to be black right now. It's an exciting time to be a woman right now. I, I'm really fucking with it. Like things. Yeah. Are- you know, um, you take me back to my early childhood. I played T-ball, but girl, I was dancing in the outfield. The ball would never come to me. And then I would start dancing. And, and turn my back and do a, a gyrate kind of move. And they'd be like, Janika! And I'd be like, oh, oh, the ball finally came to me. So um, I remember right that. Field. I also remember being a wrestler. Girl, right, girl, girl. Any, any, any position they would put me, they would put me in outfield. And girl, I would be so bored, and I in my boredom, I would be dancing. So that got me to. um, By the time I made it to high school, I was definitely cheerleading, and then um, oh, in high school, middle school actually, middle school I was cheerleading. High school I was on the wrestling team, and there were no other 
girls of color on the wrestling team. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I was putting the taller boys down and it was like, Jamaica. I was like, look, I, they, they, my mom wouldn't let me play football. She was like, we want to protect you. You know, we want to make sure all your organs are all intact and in order. So I was like, okay, well, since I can't play football, I'm going to wrestle. So I did some wrestling for a while mm -hmm. and um, just truly embrace like it's okay to explore outside of what the norm of what girls do you know my my little cousin she's an amazing soccer player you know she she get on that field and do her thing you know and I just really I can agree with you when you say it's a beautiful time to be alive right now because we are being given time to truly explore ourselves and what matters to us so that we can create the future that we truly desire for ourselves. You know, outside of all of the craziness that's going on with the COVID, um, with COVID, you know, it's, it's, it's that time to like go within and take care of self. And that's what I've been doing in this time. I haven't really been making it my business to like be online all the time. I've actually taken this time to truly retreat and explore for myself and ground and be prayerful on the back end because we we in a new it's it's a it's a new world we living in and you know you definitely are a narrator in shaping what the years to come will look like and how you share your story thank you uh no definitely i appreciate that um, I was thinking, I told you I was going to tell you about the airplane. So one, I need to write about this, but one of the gifts of COVID <laughs> as a fat person, one of the gifts of COVID is that there's now space on a plane. That Come on. All that energy, like, like last year, this time it was problematic for fat folks to be on a plane, right? There was no, people didn't want to be sitting next to you. There was no space. Huffing and girl, I got to have an extension. And I, I still get the extender, right? But right now, because of COVID, there's always an extra seat. So airlines, mm -hmm. and so then, you, so then what you get to realize is like, oh, so you really didn't need to pile people in like sardines the way you chose to. That was on some money shit, right? But there's hey. a way for you to make space for bodies, for me to be comfortable, Period. for you to be comfortable, for whoever to be comfortable. And I'm like, I- It's I, like flying first class now. Listen. Listen, the there has to be is like flying first class. There has you got room space. You got the, the, the right the right cheek and the left cheek. I mean, right hip and the left hip got some space to breathe. Hello, somebody. People ain't got to buy extra seats. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a whole lot of voluptuous. So yes. just be ready to be warm while you sit next to me. Yes. Yes. And, you know, because me and you were big mm -hmm. differently, right? So, like, it would be different if we were big and we were, like, the upside down kind of mm -hmm. triangle people or whatever, and it was all up here. That's not going to impact seats in the same way, right? But because we are, <laughs> like, triangles or whatever, like, if we're at the bottom. Our weight is at the bottom. And so all the way. All seats and how bumping up against folks. Absolutely. And when I would pick my flight, when I would pick my tickets, if I, if it was like later, you know, in the, 
the pool, how many seats were available, mm-hmm. I would always choose seats that didn't have somebody next to them when I got like to the airport. I would be like, okay, let me just make sure that I have a seat next to me, mm-hmm. you know, versus having to be like feeling like a sardine and and shoved into a, a small crammed into a small space and I got anxiety when it's like cluster, cl- uh, claustrophobic so mm. baby it's that's <laughs> this, the, one of the blessings that has come out of COVID I was listening to um I've been listening to I've been taking in I'm writing a book right now so I've been taking in a lot of like books um more recently and one of the books I listened to was uh, Hunger by Roxanne Gay if you haven't listened to it like mm. I suggested Hunger and Heavy are two of the best books that I've, I've uh, listened to this year, right? And they're, and Heavy is mm-hmm. from a fat male perspective, fat black man's perspective, and Hunger is from a fat black woman's perspective. But one of the things that she talks about is like the discomfort in planes and how fat people, because they were made to feel guilty about our bodies, we end up absorbing mm-hmm. them. Like how many times, like I literally remember pressing up, like half hanging off of the seat, like, my leg going numb and having like marks in my leg because I didn't want the person who was next to me to feel uncomfortable with my thigh touching her or resting. Right. Her. Right. Which is always interesting to me because people touch us, people are, are on us, like they do all kinds of things to us, but we can't do anything. Like we can't take up space. Yeah, and and it's it's that those days are over. Take up as much space as you need Listen. to take up. Thank you, you know? COVID. <laughs> Period. Take up the space that you need to take take up and um, be not ashamed. You know, everyone is not born to be skinny. And, um, you know, yeah, my grandmother made that very, very clear to me. She was like, you know, you you not you're not going to be like your peers. And that's just what it is. Like I, they knew from my check from, from when I was a small child that I was not going to be a small framed girl. So I feel like because they prepared me and educated me around accepting myself, that helped me see myself as uniquely made and one of a kind and to truly embrace who I am. Now you were and I, like I said, I had I had small aunties. I had you know very voluptuous aunties. Um, yeah, so I, I got to see a little bit of all the women, you know, oh, you and, were, and they were a part of my family. You were definitely blessed because um, my mother would do things like you know, I, like I would stand, I would do a lot of public speaking and presenting and things like that. Um, so she always had me in activities. I was always doing something. I was always active. Um, but when I would be up in front of people speaking, I would like cover, right? And she would say, stop mm-hmm. it. She would be like, uh-uh, you're not, you're not about to apologize for your body. If you don't like it, mm-hmm. you wanna like stand, right? So on one hand, that mm-hmm. instilled a lot of confidence in me, right? Mm-hmm. My mother had hella body stuff because she was a fat kid in her family and mm-hmm. was so scrambling for me not to be fat that she actually gave me so many issues so mm. much stuff like there were just so many things um that that she gave me um mm-hmm. that I've had to unlearn mm-hmm. against you know what I mean mm-hmm. um be, and not just her like my family my family has a lot of weight stuff a lot of weight stuff yeah. um, which is tragic but uh so about 
So how did you get into this whole sisterhood thing? I know you do girls groups and things like sister circles and stuff. Yes. So Sister Circle was started with me and a group of beautiful sisters, uh, Ladasha Berry, Queen Dila, Katrina Harris, um, which are women that I, Trina is my direct bloodline. So um, we have always had sisterhood cousinship because at the end of the day, my great, my grandmother only had seven grandchildren. I'm the baby of the seven and Trina is the second to the baby. Um, she's the next one in line. So we were, we're cousins, but we're really sisters. Mm-hmm. So um, growing up, um, a lot of my cousins, you know, we, we all kind of ended up in different places at different points in our lives. And I'm my mother's biological oldest child. And I'm the only girl, my brother is my, my, my sibling is a boy. And, um, between Diamond, myself and Bila, we were all a part of a network and movement um, grassroots movement in Oakland, California, um, from San Francisco to Oakland and Bay Area wide. And um, we decided, you know, after they went to the Dare to Dream um, conference in, Dare to Dream conference, I want to say was down south. Uh, and they had the opportunity to meet Afini Shakur. And Afini Shakur charged the women with a you know, a challenge. And it was like, the women got to step up. Mm-hmm. If we want anything to shift, mm-hmm. the women have to step up. Women this all, was in, I want to say, period. Mm-hmm. Wait, say that one more time. I said women hold culture. So yes, like if we're period. shifting, especially black women, because we gave birth to this world. We're the mothers. Period. Absolutely. So they came back from the conference and they was like, look, Afini Shakur was like, we gotta, we gotta take a stand. So in the media center, which is United Roots Media Center, it was um, the Green Youth Media Arts Center and the collectives that collaborated to bring that whole um, hub and space for community was in, um, well, is in uh, West North, borderline West Oakland, North Oakland. And there, the space was heavily used by men. And we were like, look, we're gonna have to create something in order to create you know, a, a, a culture where young women feel like this space is a space exactly for them as well. Yeah. So we decided to start New Beginning Sister Circle. And it wasn't something that was funded. Um, it was really us just pulling our resources together, having network and collectively working together to create a space where women could actually share from their experiences, what, you know, was going on with them, what they envisioned. And here we are in 2020 and Sister Circle has been around for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So 11 years. And I, that has been a part of the lifeline for me. Sisterhood and sister circle space has been a part of the lifeline for me, a space where I've grown and developed as a woman, as a mother, as a, as a friend, as um, a accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have worked together to create lots of great, you know, initiatives, support, um, you know, truly holding one another through the different channels that life presents. Mm 
And it's been amazing. Um, our sister circle was featured on the Black Women's Media Project, um, Crossing the Invisible Line, which is hosted by the HHREC. And our sister circle was shown on the cover of that magazine. And our some of the sisters that are a part of the circle had articles in the magazine. Mm-hmm. And um, we've done a lot of great things over the years. Um, Yeah, and I'm just really, really thankful for the network of women that have been a part of my success Mm -hmm. and am still collectively working with. You know, one of my sisters, Snow, she's from Boston. I never had a desire to go to Boston. Well, we started the High Risk Female Cipher, and she's originally from Boston, but now lives here in the Bay Area and was like, I want to do this female cipher. I want to go back home and show some love to where I originally come from. And herself, between Snow and myself um, and Candy Corn, we went to Boston and shot our first you know, female cypher there, then brought those women from Boston to California. And we shot another video here in Oakland. Um, And it's just really all about expanding our networks, expanding our horizons. And we become family, right? In our sister circle network, we become family. Like you said, um, you, the two of us, we met from uh, Sister Corinthia, mm-hmm. and you know she's she's a big sis to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And had been a part of me um, embracing my walk as a model, and on that journey, I've met other beautiful women. You know, Marie Denae, whom does the, is a curvy fashionista now and has a major network. And she was here in the local Bay Area. And it, it's always been about sisterhood and bringing sisters together. Even with O'Shea Entertainment, our model network, we, we are sisters to this day. You know, we may not all talk all the time. However, at the end of the day, if, if the going get tough, we know to put, you know, pull our sleeves back and show up for each other. I heard that. I, I just applaud the work. Um, I grew up in a rites of passage organization. My mentors are still my mentors today. Like they still, you know, it was, they, they were very aware. Like my mom needed more. I needed more. I really needed the village, right? Like I needed more than what my mother could do because my mother was mentally and physically ill. She was in, you know, I've been in mental hospitals and prison and jail and just the, the gamut. Right. Um, and my mentors really stepped up. And so if like they're they're always a phone call away and like are still active in my life. Um, but particularly my friends, what I've what I I've been able to really see in the last couple of months is the moments I need a mirror, my friends are there to reflect back who I am. And I think that that's one of the of sisterhood, especially when we're talking about our bodies and we're talking about confidence and and taking up space and stepping in your truth and living your purpose, like it is so critical mm-hmm. to have women who know you at your core mm-hmm. and tell you you're good, bad, and ugly, who are yes. not going to just fluff you up, but they also are going to be like, nah, that's what they said. Nah, that's, they, they don't know you. This is right. This, and I'm going right. to give examples of how I know this, um, to pull mm-hmm. you back to your center and keep you together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my big sister Roxanne, you know, she called me yesterday and she was like, I just wanted to call to tell you how amazing you are. And I have my days where I go in and out. Mm-hmm. I may not feeling at my best. And the phone calls, 
text messages, those just show up, you know, I'm not calling, I'm just showing up type of moments, you know, that they all make up for like just, just the confirmation needed to continuously mm. understand like you were uniquely made. Yeah. You were yeah. uniquely made and guess what? You are held as well, right? When you doing the holding, you are held. So I, you know, so the, the our sister circle network is so big and you know I just want to shout out sister my sister our sister Amira our sisters um, Jean Black Marquita uh, Marquita Parker like these are all women that we are always weaving and connecting with each other and even through this pandemic just truly speaking life to it into one another mm-hmm. and making sure like you you got it you need anything you like you straight like do we need to go for a walk like what's the you know like those little things it's not always just about getting together and having big circles but just truly being able to look up for one another and see one another for who we are and hold one another in that space and in that fashion yeah and you know uh real quick i just want to even show y'all the magazine Woohoo! Look at that. That's That's nice. The circle, Kia, Trinu, Amira, I, Trina. That's beautiful. Marie, um, Snowland, myself, Lakeisha, and our beautiful sister T. That's beautiful. One of the things I wanted to say real quick before we wrap up is um, just how much I appreciate you being a part of my my personal circle. Like, um, I, you know, you were, isn't it crazy? So this is my second podcast and you were, I think on the fourth episode of my first podcast, Sexy Side of Size, and we just had our two-year anniversary. Yeah. Come on. Isn't that crazy? I've seen that. I've seen that girl and time flies so fast because I'm like, wow, you know, and you've had a lot of amazing guests on your two years, girl. That's how time flies. Like my son is about to be eight years old. I'm like, dear God. Okay. Thank you for letting me know the time waits for no man. Um, Nobody. (laughs) You know, so two years ago. No, it waits for no man. Um, but two years ago, how two years have passed, but I really appreciate and respect you sticking to your vision. Thank you. Thank you. Because the platform has created a space for liberation and dialogue, mm-hmm. community, and freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. Not not hiding behind and what you truly feel the sexy side of size you know like girl it's amazing so keep on doing it and I am so grateful and thankful to be here with you this evening um well I was like hustling bustling thinking that I wasn't gonna be on time because you know we cooking and this year I cooked the first I'm cooking the first Thanksgiving meal all by myself so I had to make sure that I had everything that I needed and you know it's always us last minute shoppers I forgot to get the uh, look evaporated milk I forgot (laughs) to get the butter Uh, you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so 
I rushed out to the store at like 630 to go and get some things that I needed. And I was like, I got to be on time. So I'm really, really thankful that we were able to have this space this evening. Now, are people able to chat on the Facebook live thing? Yeah, I don't even know if are people you following are following that. But what they'll do is they'll uh, oh, okay. they'll watch it. They'll watch it later. I'll leave it. I'm gonna leave it up. So um, they'll watch okay. it later, and then I'll also send you the link for um, when I post it because it'll be on. Girl, we're even on Audible now. Like okay. my podcast, both of my podcasts are on Audible now. Um, but I think it's so you were there at the beginning of the first one, and now you're at the part of the beginning of the second one. And so it's just really important to have like folks right. who got you. Um, and so I just appreciate you. In closing, what is a piece of advice that you would give to your little girl? Like your inner little girl or like your nieces and cousins around you? Like what's something that you really wish you would have known or you would, some information that would, would have helped you? Financial literacy is everything. Mm -hmm. And it is important to understand um, business. It's important to understand the power of really educating yourself. Education is very important. And, um, you know, to keep going. Mm -hmm. If one thing doesn't work, keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're told no by five people, keep going until you get yeses, you know, um, in all of the work that I do, it certainly requires a level of confidence and knowledge and information. And in this very quickly shifting world, how the digital world is uh, a major piece of how we navigate today, mm -hmm. but to stay true to yourself mm -hmm. you know that, that not not look to fit into someone else's not look to fit into someone else's you know box truly explore and and learn what it is that you like what you love and you know learning what you what you love and then then you'll discover what you don't love you know and what you're not to always to mm -hmm. To always tell yourself you love you first and to not shy away from truly letting your light shine. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Those are the things that I, that I tell young women um, and that I'm constantly reaffirming to myself. I heard that one of my favorite quotes uh, is by Marion Williamson who uh, they attributed to Mandela. I think he said it, mm -hmm. but it was really her quote and where she says, um, uh, uh, why are you playing small, basically? Um, who are you not? Let me, mm -hmm. let me say the quote. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to jack it up since I want to bring it up. Um, but it's actually in Live my, your life out loud. It's actually in a my- A song that we know. sang. The mm -hmm. song that we sang is this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, you know? I like that. And baby, I, that, I sing that to myself. <laughs> and then came, and Toby came and was like, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, you know? So shine, 
shine, shine on all of them. Quotes. What is this quote? Where she says, um, do affirmations you know all right keep your spirit keep your spirit covered in goodness Mm -hmm. that though and joy soak up the joy Mm -hmm. Uh, what she says our deepest she says our deepest fear isn't is our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is yeah. our light, not our darkness, that most frightens yeah. us. We ask ourselves, yeah, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, mm-hmm. talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? Yeah. You are a child of God, and your playing small does not serve the world. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, you know, to me, it does not yeah. serve the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So go on. Yes. Be- yes. Yes, well, keep being too. the most beautiful, amazing you. Yes. And it's you, like, you're like a, you're like a, a we are like fingerprints, right? I, how powerful is it to me? You know, I'm an Aries, so I get off on the fact that there is not a <laughs> Kyrie she, right? I don't know, Nair, other Kyrie she. Right? You don't know Nair? Uh-uh. No. Not being the places I've been? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But, um, but, we are like fingerprints, right? Like we are unique. There is not any set of fingerprints, even on your own hands, that are exactly the same. Right. So, and, and and that is for reason. That is for purpose. And like, how powerful is it if we step into that? If we do that, and I believe what she's saying that when you do, I see it with my young people, right? Like when uh, I watch them watching my Instagram and watching, <laughs> they're listening to the podcast, and I see them seeing me own my body and be in my fullness mm-hmm. and I see it reflect in them and it gives them permission right. to be confident right. to feel sexy big chocolate girl absolutely owning themselves absolutely so absolutely I remember and, and this I know we're closing but I, I remember when I got beaded right my first time getting beaded and um my beater her Yes, my name, uh, uh, Robin Pre is her name. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited to be coming into that experience of ritual and initiation in the African tradition of waist beating. And I was waist beaded before my son came into this world. And when I ended up having when I once I got pregnant and my body began to like sculpt into this new space for another human being to live Mm. I took my beads off and then they became necklaces and in my maternity photo shoot I used my waist beads as adornment you know to say like I am a part of a beautiful tribe of women that take honor and really pridefully walk in their experience. And every part of me, every bead that I wear, every color is represented is a thread in the link of womanhood and sisterhood. So please love your bodies. You're welcome to join us 
Um, we will be doing Sister Circle every second and fourth Thursday. Um, it is not a closed space. It's an intergenerational sister circle. So if you are interested in connecting, you're welcome to plug in with me on my Facebook or my Instagram page, and you can definitely become connected to a powerful spirit network. I love it. I love it. I appreciate you, mama. I appreciate the work that you're doing in the world. And I appreciate you being one of the women in my life. I say, and you know, it's mutual. Thank you for having me on the show tonight. I love you, Tanika Blue, with your big old booty. Listen, we go shimmy, shimmy all down, girl. Love you back, honey. Well, thank you once again. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy family time tomorrow. Um, I don't acknowledge it as thanks. I don't acknowledge it as thanks taking it's 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 thanks taking but uh, i really look at it as a time to be with family and to remember how blessed we are to have one another you know to the food that's prepared to have hot meals on the table because there are brothers and sisters right now that haven't had a meal in days so if you have leftovers go ahead on or, or actually it don't even have to be leftovers if you have enough to share make a hot plate for someone and go and gift it to them and know that it will definitely make their night mm-hmm. very true yes yes i love you my the gifts that keep on giving love and blessings have a wonderful night you too peace, peace.